Did you know that a marathon is actually about 40,000 individual steps? It's kind of surprising. Running 26.2 miles roughly equates to putting one foot in front of the other over 40,000 times. As much as we value crossing a finish line, it's really the tiny details that make the prize possible. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 385, Eight Life-Changing Tiny Habits, the toe-dipping strategy you need now. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. I never planned to run a marathon. Well, at least, I didn't start planning to run a marathon until I first proved to myself that I could run a single mile, and then three miles, and then five, and then ten. You get the idea. Life-changing goals, the big ones, are never actually big at all. They are just a combination of an incredible number of itty-bitty decisions. Enormous goals are nothing more than the sum of their much smaller pieces. Your goal is to start with just a single piece. Anything you want right now, any huge goal you have on your bucket list, that goal you're thinking about, that is just the combination of a lot of little bitty stuff. So this week, we're going to discuss tiny habits, tiny strategies, small choices you can make that will not only affect your day-to-day life, but will also directly affect these large goals that you want to accomplish. So let's get to this. Eight life-changing tiny habits, the toe-dipping strategy you need now. Let's first begin with this toe-dipping strategy. This is important, and this is a concept you can utilize literally every single day of your life, as well as with those larger goals. So first, let's define toe-dipping. The toe-dipping strategy is taking the smallest possible action that results in forward motion, especially actions that build momentum and enthusiasm. Okay, one more time. Dipping your toe in is taking the smallest possible action that results in forward motion, especially those tiny actions that build momentum and enthusiasm and that make you want to continue that process going forward. I use this strategy all the time. I use it every week to make this show. I use it every single time I create something or set out to do something I have never done before or know that I need to do something difficult but can't seem to find the guts to begin. So dipping your toe into something is just a simple metaphor for having the courage to address the fear that is holding you back. Fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of missing out. Fear is the thing. It is what we're trying to tackle because when you dip your toe in, yes, you're testing the waters. Yes, you're trying to see, is this for me? But most of the time, it's our way of trying to address fear head on without having to give ourselves fully to that fear just yet. Because oftentimes that's a little scary. It's a little too much all at once. And smaller, tiny strategies, those little actions are all we need to get the ball rolling. Allowing yourself the space to start is courageous, you know, especially when you have endless excuses to do literally anything else. So imagine the fact that you have a goal in your calendar, you've postponed it, you've procrastinated, it just hasn't happened yet. Well, it's going to require a little bit of discipline, but definitely a lot of courage to just start, to just allow yourself to begin the process because we have so many choices. 
You could literally do anything. Like the sky is the limit. There are so many options today that to ignore all of those other options and say yes to just one thing, that's monumental. That's a heck of a decision because you are saying no in an infinite number of times in order to say yes to the one thing you're doing. This is what makes modern life so difficult. You know, hundreds of years ago, people had significantly fewer options. We just didn't have the possibilities back then to say yes to things as we do today because today we have the world at our fingertips. And so to be able to accept all that information and input and options and all of the, the FOMO that kicks in and this the guilt of not doing enough, all the fear that kicks in, all the jealousy that occurs because you see so many people that are you know Instagram models or whatever the case is where other people appear to be doing better than you, well, that's a tough world to live in. If that messaging goes into your brain all day, every day, how do you make a decision? How do you move forward with confidence? How do you address these fears? It can be a very daunting challenge, especially when those inputs don't stop, when the news is always there, when the Facebook feed is always there, when the distractions are infinitely there. Turning that noise down and doing just one thing, taking even a small step in that direction, that's a big deal. And so it's one of those cases where you might feel that, you know, Jeff, a small action, it's just so small. Who cares? Like, that's not significant. That's not going to move the needle. That's not a grand goal. It's not a marathon. Well, guess what? Yes, it is. Because if you don't start, if that tiny action doesn't happen, forget the big goal. Forget those bucket lists. Forget all the things you're trying to accomplish. Because if you never start, you've guaranteed failure at the outset. The one thing you can control is that you begin and you do something. And that's the goal of the episode this week. I want you to move. Because movement is the thing that makes everything else possible. So now that you're hopefully on board with this toe-dipping strategy, let's get to those tiny habits, those eight little actions and strategies that you can try now. These are things you could literally do today. So let's begin, of course, with number one. Number one is a strategy I've used before and one that I stopped doing. And then I went back to it again just recently, and I'm so glad that I did which is I deleted social media from my phone. Now, this is a very simple strategy. It doesn't require a lot of effort. You can just delete the apps. It's not hard to do. It's just the decision behind it and the potential fear of missing out or consequences you perceive may happen. Those things begin to kick in. As an example of what I just did, as of the recording date for this episode, I have not posted on my Instagram account in over six weeks. Has anyone actually noticed? I don't think so. Now, in part, I will say this, Instagram was not a huge part of my brand or a part of my personal life. Yes, I use Instagram. Yes, it's a good app. I like it. But I disappeared for a while and nobody seems to care, which is totally fine with me. In fact, that was part of these this test that I was doing is I wanted to see what role does this, in this case, Instagram, what role does this play in my life and my business? Does it matter? Is it important? Is it influential? Does it mean anything to me on a day-to-day basis? And the clear answer for me is absolutely not. It's almost useless for me. The only real things I like about it is the occasional check-in to see what my friends are doing. That's it. And other than that random check-in that I could probably do once a month or even less often, I don't care. 
And one of the things that's really helpful with daily habits and life decisions is being able to catch yourself when you're spending too much time in activities that don't bring you actual value. There's a lot of perceived value online, a ton, infinite amount of perceived value. But how much actual value is there? How much life-changing activity is happening there? And the answer to that is almost definitely very, very little or possibly none at all. And that's kind of freaky, especially as a guy like me who literally is making an online business every week and working to grow it, and I want a bigger audience. Of course, these are all good things in theory and good things in real life too, but what's the role for you? Does it matter to you? Do you need Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, WhatsApp? Do you need these things in your life on a constant drip all day, every day? What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm going to argue you don't. And I think one of the easiest things you can do is to remove those apps from your phone completely and then only allow yourself a select amount of time to check in on those platforms using a desktop or laptop computer. So one thing that I did also, in addition to deleting the apps, was that on my computers, I have an app called Freedom. And Freedom is a great app to help you block distractions. And specifically, I have a category called Social where I block specific websites that I visit and apps that I visit that are not valuable to me. And I have a schedule set that starts at 8 a.m. and goes until 9 p.m. And so between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m., I cannot visit any of those sites. So I allow myself just a little bit of time late at night before bed and a little bit of time in the morning, and that's it. And even that schedule is in flux. I'm still not totally certain that's the schedule I want to keep long term, but it's a start. Right, It's me dipping my toe in the water to find out, does this work for me? Is social media valuable for me or not? Is this working? And if the answer is no, you make a change. Now, if the answer is yes and you love Facebook and think that I'm crazy, then have a lot of fun on Facebook. I'm not telling you to stop, but reevaluate. What role does it play? Is it truly what you need to be doing with your time? And if not, make a change. And speaking of changes... 
Tiny action number two is to choose one small addiction to ditch for the next 30 days. Now, of course, that addiction could be social media. It could be something online. It could be digital. The one that I chose to ditch 30 days ago, exactly today, was alcohol. Now, in my life, alcohol has never been a true addiction, and I've never actually been what I would consider to be an alcoholic. I've had times in college where things were a little bit crazy, but I've never been what I would consider to be at that level of being certified as an alcoholic. But this is where things get interesting from my perspective. Alcohol was definitely a habit for me, a habit to the degree that I was drinking a glass of wine or two or three every single night. And not just occasionally, every night for years. This has been a real issue that I just did not choose to address because I made this assumption, oh, but I'm eating salad for dinner. Or, oh, I went to the gym today. Or, oh, I feel fine. But what I realized over time is that I was just giving myself every possible excuse to keep a bad habit going that I definitely do not need. There's no necessity for alcohol for my life. I don't need that. And so I let it go. And 30 days later, I can tell you it was a really good decision. I'm very happy with that choice. The last time I went this long, I'll I'll give this clarification. This 30-day period without alcohol is the second longest time frame for me without alcohol as an adult. The longest time I went was five years ago when I interviewed Andy Ramage on my podcast, who's the founder of One Year No Beer, who challenged me back then to go without alcohol for a while. And back then, I went 45 days. So I'm on a streak now to beat that record and keep myself alcohol-free for a while. Now, here's the reality. Alcohol is not the problem. The habit is the problem. The decision to choose alcohol the first time was fine, potentially. But as it progressed and no longer became a choice, no longer was intentional, No longer was, you know, yes, I'm going to buy this bottle of wine because that's a good decision or a fun decision or I'm going, I'll be social this weekend. It just became, Jeff is just lazy and he's going to go buy another box of wine because he bought a box of wine last week. Like, that's not the decision to make. That's not me being intentional. It's a bad habit that I had to break. And so I did. That's my challenge to you. What is that one small addiction or large addiction, maybe? But what is something in your life you could let go of the next 30 days that could change how you respond to your everyday life? It it doesn't have to be something dramatic, but there's probably something you're doing. We all tend to have vices. We have these things we just need to have a break from. And even if you go back to that habit later, you can go back to it with more intentionality. You can go back to it with a plan. Back to it again, making sure it's on purpose. Otherwise, it's just, it falls in that category of things that are mindless and probably not beneficial for you long term. Tiny habit number three. This is one I actually learned from my two and a half year old daughter, Maisie. And this one is to calm your body down. So, my daughter learned this strategy from daycare. Uh, She came home one day and had what I would call like just a, a toddler tantrum and was being a little bit crazy. And then without prompting, She said, I need to go calm my body down. And she ran into her bedroom and laid down in her bed without us asking her. Tess and I didn't talk to her. She just did this. She announced it and then went to her bed and laid down. And then a few minutes later, she came out from her bed, calm, relaxed, poised, and ready to re-engage and be a nice toddler again. And I was just blown away by this, that she was able to identify her own emotional state, 
which was not pleasant at all, but then identified that was happening and go take care of it with a very simple strategy. It took her just a couple of minutes. I really like this strategy, and it's one that I have personally used since I learned it from her. So this is an amazing opportunity to learn from a two-year-old, but it's great because we all have these moments. We're emotionally charged, we're angry, whatever the thing is, right? You're having a rough day. And to be able to acknowledge that emotion and have a very specific habit that you can just implement right away, a strategy you can put into place immediately that allows you to overcome that moment, that's so powerful. You know, on the podcast a few weeks ago, I had on a guest talking about breath work. And one of those strategies was to breathe in very specific ways that helps you to calm down. Well, that same strategy can be utilized if you go lay in your bed and you do some breathing or lay on a couch or lay on the floor, wherever you happen to be. If you can have some quiet space, you might be able to get to that place where you could just recollect and try again. And then all of a sudden, the day is brand new. So this is one I think you can utilize literally any time things aren't going well. If it's in a, like a social space where that's okay to lie down. If not, you, you can find a way to do it. But either way, calming your body down and having a strategy for those moments is really, really powerful. Tiny habit number four is one I've discussed on the show before, but one that I love and I still utilize every single day and have for years, which I simply call water before coffee which is just what it means. It means before I have coffee in the morning, I first drink water. Usually it's around 16 ounces or so, or half a liter. Uh, That tends to be the amount of water I go for, and then I will have the caffeine after that. So my goal around this habit has always been what what I call now hydration first. That's my methodology. Whenever I'm tired in the afternoon, whenever I begin the day in the morning, whenever I don't feel as healthy as I want to, I hydrate. I just drink pure, beautiful water. And it is life-changing, especially if your tendency is to grab, let's say, like a Snickers. Like the commercial says, you know, if you're hungry, why wait? Well, no, if you're hungry, why wait? Drink some water. Like change that in your brain, right? If you're hungry, drink some water. If you're tired, lay down and drink some water, right? If things aren't going well or you just really feel out of touch with your body, just drink some water. It's one of the simplest things you can do, one of the most basic and foundational healthy habits in existence, and it is so powerful. So the real message here is actually to focus on putting the best stuff in your body before anything else. And this can apply to every meal that you eat, where you might eat your side salad first before the actual main portion, or whatever the case happens to be. If you put the best stuff in your body first, you give yourself the best fighting chance well, then that's going to serve you long-term as opposed to postponing those healthy habits and saying, I'll get to that tomorrow. You know, on Monday, we'll begin that new thing. No, 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 no. This needs to be a thing you prioritize up front. Water first, salad first, healthy habits first. The best stuff in your body first. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. And number five on our list this week of eight life-changing tiny habits, number five is to start your day with sunshine. Now, this is not always possible, weather pending. However, the spring weather is actually coming back to Nashville just recently, and one of the first things that I've been doing in the morning is just 30 minutes of sunshine on my face. It's incredible. Like It's a beautiful, slow, and energizing morning routine. It's a small piece of my day that has really added a lot of value. So what I've begun to do recently is to have my coffee in the morning on my back porch with the sun in my face. It's that simple. All I'm really trying to do is just have a little bit of time outside, a little bit of time with sunshine, and if you have the opportunity throughout your day, but especially in the morning hours, to get some natural sunlight, it's so refreshing. It's so energizing. It's so beautiful to have that time. And you may not think that sunshine is going to change your life on that level, but it's one of those simple things you can do that brings a little bit of joy, a little bit of life, a little bit of health into you every single day. Not to mention, this is a great benefit for 5A Miracle proponents, sunshine in the morning helps your circadian rhythms. It helps you reset your rhythms and your hormones so you can get to bed on time, sleep well, and begin the next day feeling better. So if you can get natural sunlight into your day every single day if possible, it really can change the way that you view your time and the way you view your energy. And honestly, it's a really great chance to not be indoors all the time, which is where I felt that I have been forever. Hashtag COVID. Hashtag I'm tired of this. Okay, so get some time outside and make this work for you. Tiny habit number six, do one thing at a time. I've said this before on this show, I don't know, maybe a thousand times, but it's so, so powerful. And what I mean by do one thing at a time, specifically the tiny habit here, and this is one thing you can do every single day, is this. Don't watch TV while you check your email, or don't look at Facebook while you eat dinner. Or don't think about your work while you're talking to your partner about their work. Right? What we're trying to do here is to be in the moment, to be present and focused, because there is power in simplicity. When you catch yourself distracted and not paying attention, just stop. Put everything away and do one thing at a time. You get back to the basics and you focus. I think we miss the power of simplicity around this because, like I said at the top of the show, we have infinite possibilities, infinite choices of what to do with our time. And truly, the most powerful choice we can make is not just to say, I'm going to choose to do one thing. It's to only do that one thing when you do it and to not try to do multiple things at the same time. There's a reason why I love to do one big goal at a time. 
Now, I've discussed the quarter system before in this podcast and in my book, which is this way of scheduling your biggest goals in much smaller time frames. Well, I take that down to the most extreme value I can and ask myself, how can I do one project at a time just in the next week, just the next few days? Or how can I have just one conversation and that's all that I'm doing right here, right now, being fully present? It's challenging. It's a skill, and it requires practice and persistence to get better at this, not just in how you schedule your time on your calendar, but how you act in the moment, when things pop up, when those distractions are there. What do you do? How do you respond? That's going to challenge you. Each and every day, you have a choice whether to try to engage with multiple stimuli at the same time or to just choose one and say no to everything else in the moment not just on paper or a schedule or a calendar or a goal chart. I'm talking day-to-day life, individual moments where you make this decision to just do one thing, to go back to that same foundation of choosing to be present again and again and again. Tiny habit number seven is to bring back one simple habit. So this habit is actually up to you, and it depends on how your life has progressed up to this point. I know from personal experience that I've had very distinct seasons of my life, seasons of great health, seasons of great wealth, seasons of great success, seasons of horrible failures. I've been up and down in a thousand different directions, and I'm only in my 30s, so I expect a whole lot more of this going forward. But one thing that's very interesting is that, let's say, for example, 10 years ago, I had really good healthy habits, and then about five years into those, they began to fade. And then they really kind of disappeared completely. And then you fast forward to basically where I was a few months ago, and those really great habits were almost non-existent. And so one of the challenges I had for myself was to bring back those really good habits, to go figure out, hey, Jeff, what did you used to do that worked so well? What was that great habit you had 10 years ago? Oh, yeah, do that again because you know it works for you in your life. And even though my season of life is different, And there's different scenarios. I live in a different place. I have a kid now. Like, life is different now, sure. But those habits haven't changed. They still work, and they still can work, most likely, for where you are today. So the real challenge here is to figure out what used to work well in your life and bring back whatever you think will add incredible value today. Because the best place to learn is just from yourself, from your own successes, your own possibilities that you've already tested, you've already proven it, you already know what happens. So bring it back. Put it back into your life, keep it simple, but lean on the fact that you already know what you're doing and the odds of success will just increase. And finally, tiny habit number eight is to pick one tiny next action for your next grand goal. If you know David Allen's work with Getting Things Done or GTD, You know that next actions are a very important part of that system. And what a next action refers to is that if you have a project list and you have a lot of things to get done, the next action literally is the very next thing on the list that you're going to take action upon. And so what you want to do in this scenario is to, first of all, make sure that with whatever project you're doing or a goal you have, that there is a master list of what you're working on. And then you pick that next action. So you look at those goals Or really, you could look at a bucket list of the goals you've been putting off, which is possibly even better. And then ask yourself, what is one tiny step you can take today to move that project forward? This is a really good strategy for those goals you've been procrastinating upon. 
the goals you have not been acting on, the goals that are just taking too long to get done, or the ones you never started. Those are the goals to emphasize here because what we're trying to do is find that next action, identify that next one itty-bitty choice you could make that would cause you to have real progress, to get the ball rolling, to actually start and make something of that project. If that doesn't happen, if there is no attempt to take even the smallest of steps, well, then the next question has to be, well, then what step will happen and when? And how do you know you can actually guarantee success in that area? If you don't take action today, when will you? The answer probably is never, or definitely not for a long time. Now, this is not an argument to stop whatever you're doing and take one tiny action towards a random goal. What this is is a prioritization of your time to understand what matters for you now and to make sure that your time is being utilized to the best of your ability on the things that you have already chosen and you agree matter the most to you right now. Because ultimately, your life is your choice, your calendar is your own, your time is your own. And if you want to make sure your time is well spent, it's up to you to make those very subjective decisions. You know, I wish I could tell you which project to choose and which goal to pursue next and which tiny action to make as your next priority. But the reality is, is I don't know what you're doing, but I do know something. And that something is if you don't start, you won't finish. So if you've been in that boat of procrastination, of consistently not doing what you really feel in your gut should be happening, well, then find the tiniest next action you possibly can to at least move the needle just a little bit. Tiny steps, itty bitty steps, teensy weensy little steps, as my daughter usually says. That's your goal. You want to find those little things and move. And that movement is addictive. Here's the good news. Now, I discussed addictions before from the negative light. There are positive addictions too. There are really good things you can get from this process, which is that tiny actions lead to more tiny actions. Little itty bitty steps lead to more itty bitty steps. And then all of a sudden, 40,000 itty-bitty steps later, there's a marathon. And for the super obvious action step this week, dip your toe in. If you have a big goal but have held yourself back, if you have a scary task to complete but you just keep postponing it, if you believe it takes an enormous amount of effort to get the result you want, Just dip your toe in, start, build momentum, give yourself a reason to move. That's all it takes. JeffSanders.com slash 385 is the show notes page this week. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. 
Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.